This is Canto 1, Chapter 1, Text 14. Apana samshitim kuram yannama vishvaso grinam tatasadya vimuchita yad vibheti swayam bhayam So translation. Living beings who are entangled in the complicated meshes of birth and death can be freed immediately by even unconsciously chanting the holy name of Krishna, which is feared by fear personified purport. Vasudeva, or Lord Krishna, the absolute personality of Godhead, as the supreme controller of everything. There is no one in creation who is not afraid of the rage of the Almighty. Great asuras like Ravana, Hranyakashipu, Kangsa, and others, who were very powerful living entities, were all killed by the personality of Godhead. And the Almighty Vasudev has empowered his name with the powers of his personal self. Everything related to him and everything has its identity, everything is related to him and everything has his, and its identity in him. It is stated here that the name of Krishna is feared even by fear personified. This indicates that the name of Krishna is non-different from Krishna. Therefore, the name of Krishna is as powerful as Lord Krishna himself. There is no difference at all. Anyone, therefore, can take advantage of the holy names of Lord Sri Krishna, even in the midst of the greatest dangers. The transcendental name of Krishna, even though uttered unconsciously or by force of circumstance, can help one f obtain freedom from the, hurdles, the hurdle of birth and death. So it is stated in the uh, verses given by Lord Chaitanya, the Shikshashtaka, Ashtaka, eight prayers of instruction by Lord Chaitanya. Nam nam akari vahudha sarva shaktis. So not, the Lord has invested his nam, his name, with sarva shaktis, all the powers. Nam nam akari vahudha nija sarva shaktis. So all of the potencies of the Lord and the Lord Himself, the energy and the energetic, the power and the powerhouse is there in His holy name. And the point here is very interesting as He says, even unconsciously and there are uh, explanations that there was one Muslim man and he was being attacked by a boar and the, uh, he was being killed by this boar and the, he said in the Arabic language pig, pig, 
haram, haram. And because he was saying haram, hari, hara, he attained liberation. Just by uh, shouting, pig, pig. <laughs> then you have the story of Ajamil. Ajamil, he was born, this is in the sixth canto of the Bhagavatam, he was born in the family of Brahmanas. So he was born very cultured. He was a brahmachari when he was a young man, serving his guru. But when he was gathering wood in the forest, he saw a prostitute with some low-class man. And when one witnesses something like that, impression is put in the heart. So later on, he married a nice, brahminical wife, a beautiful wife. But he kept on thinking of this lady. And he went to visit that lady. First, he just took he just went there, he ate some food. Now, that's why it's very important to be careful what you eat because you're not just eating the food, you're eating the consciousness of the cook. So the lady is a prostitute, that means she's also full of lust. So his desire was increased and he became her customer. Abandoned his good wife. As his life led on, he started to... Uh, uh, rob people in the, in the forest, in the jungles. Capture them, kill them, so he could pay again to see this lady. His whole life he lived all the way up to his 88th year. That prostitute had given birth to many of his children, but still it was not a family, she's still a prostitute. Now due to his culture, he gave the children these names of Krishna. This is, you know, even despite him being, he went from godly to gunda. You know? But still, the, his, his culture is there. So, his youngest, most dear son is Narayan. So, on his 88th year, he was facing death. He was lying in his bed and he was about to leave his body. Now someone who has lived his life in such a way that killing other people, they get to have special treatment at the time of death. Special messengers come. Name Yama Dutta. means messenger. Yama, death. They're not very nice looking, very fierce looking, coppery hair, darkish skin. Kind of like tribal looking ghouls came to pull his soul, forcibly remove him from his very dear body. That, you know, everyone is very, even though like Yudhish, uh, not Yudhishthir, but Dhritarashtra, he, you know, lived his life, he was trying to kill his own nephews. But the end, he's living with his nephews. And he's eating Bhima's leftovers, his leftover food. And Vidura comes to him and said, Oh my God, look how, how dear someone will hold on to this life. He said, you're, You tried to kill these people, and now you're sitting in their home, living with them, trying to get, eating their leftovers. You're like a dog. Vidura did this to give him some sh sharp uh, 
cutting words that released him from his attachment. Because at that age, he should have left home. So he did leave home. That it worked. Uh, speech, Krishna says, has to be done with, uh, he says, anadvegam karam bhakyam satyam prihitam chayat. So anadvegam means not agitating. And uh, hitam means beneficial. Anadvegam karam bhakyam uh, and satyam means truthful. And priyam means very sweet, dear. So basically those are two different sections. You have sensible and sensitive. But you don't want to have one at the expense of the other. You know, say someone is on the roof of this building. He's got his phone. <laughs> Take a selfie. And you scream. So you don't want to be sensitive. <laughs> if he's in a situation, you don't want to be sensitive. Just shout at him, you stupid fool. You're going to fall off the building. So similarly, Vidura, he, was, he had a relationship. So there's a possibility he will accept. And then you also don't want to just be sensible. Going to everybody, you're a fool. Look, you don't know how to live your life. You're a fool. You don't, you don't know how to live your life. You're a fool. Because that is, even if your information is supposedly hitam beneficial, it is like surgery without no uh, anesthesia. <laughs> if you offer surgery without anesthesia, no, we don't accept. I don't care if it's beneficial. I'll find you. Yeah. Sometimes, how many times somebody has told us something? Maybe it is beneficial, but if, maybe we don't have a relationship with that person. Like, I don't care what you have to say. <laughs> maybe. Maybe they had something good, but who are you? How dare you talk to me like that? <laughs> so, you know, it's good to have all, but sometimes some cases call for more sensible, sensitive, sometimes more sensible, more intelligent. And so the Yamadutas are coming for this uh, Ajahamyo. And seeing them, he was in great, feeling great fear. So he started screaming, screaming for his son. Narayan. <laughs> and immediately, the dutas, the Vishnu dutas appeared. The messengers of Narayan appeared. Now Yama dutas, they are never obstructed. No insurance plan, no guard dog, no security forces stopping the Yamadudas. They're coming for anybody without, they've never, so they were shocked. They said, who, because these two personalities appeared, beautiful, bluish complexion, four arms, jewelry, all this, uh, uh, crown, carrying disc, lotus, club, uh, conch. And they spoke in such a way that it, it was coming from almost all directions. It was so potent. Like, you know, the messengers of death are uh, so potent, but these were on another level. And said, so, who are you? This man, we have five terabyte list of all of his sins. He's coming with us. He said, no, no, he is without sin. He's, he's chanting the name of God at the time of death. 
talk to your, go talk to your boss and see. They were confused because they thought Yamaraj was God. They didn't, you know, they're just, actually, if someone is a very sinful person, they may go down to the Pataloka, the hellish planets. But in order to gain some credit, they can do some work in the prison. So they become torturers themselves. They become Yamadutas. It's like a, you work in the prison, you get some prison program. Right. <laughs> so they thought, Yamaraj, he's God. There's nobody else as powerful as Yamaraj. And then they, then they found out that he is actually working for somebody named Vishnu. And, um, and he said, yeah, if you see somebody with this Kanti Mala, Tosi, or ch saying holy name of God, you, you have no business with them. They're out of your jurisdiction. They're not in your jurisdiction. Even if like, you have that terabyte list. No, no. Out of your jurisdiction. And truly what happened is that even though he was accidentally calling, he was calling his son, the calling was with, uh, was with such intensity that it caused, it caused smaranam, it caused remembrance of the real personal, person, the real Narayan. And that calling transformed his heart. This story is brought up in the sixth canto because Parikshit Maharaj, Parikshit is the grandson of Arjuna. And in the whole Bhagavatam is he has seven days to live. And so he wants to know what should I learn, what should I absorb, absorb myself with, should I give my rapt attention to at the time of death. Fine, seven days I have. And so he's hearing all this spiritual knowledge and in the fifth volume, at that stage in the conversation, he is hearing about the higher, middle and lower planetary systems. And as a natural, compassionate person, because he's saintly, he feels for others' pain. He doesn't want others to suffer. So he sees a Kali Yuga. People kill animals, people kill cows, people do, people uh, kill babies, they, they do, uh, they divorce their wives, they, you know, there's, there's no culture, it's all self-serving. He said, what can be done about Kali Yuga? And at this point of the conversation, the uh, teacher wants to see, is my student actually maturing in his knowledge. Is he just sitting there? Or is, he, is he actually becoming wise? So he gives the wrong answer. See if the student can spot the mistake. So he says in the future, Kali Yuga, when everything is very degraded, people become very lazy in spiritual life and very busy in selfish gains. He said, they can do what is called prayaschitta. You know this word? Prayaschitta means you do something bad, you do something counteracted by some religious activity, some good. Uh, and the king, he said, no, that doesn't work. It's like you say from Monday through Saturday, you commit sins, and then on Sunday you go in and you confess your sins. And then Monday through Saturday you get back to business. <laughs> So the king, he understood, no, that is not a good answer. Something is wrong there. He said, that is like an elephant. He takes a very nice bath. He's got a power hose. But after he's done, his business is to throw dirt on himself, roll in the dirt. 
That's what elephants like to do. And so to answer his question, Shukadev Goswami spoke the story of Ajamil. He said the holy name, calling him Narayan, it didn't just burn the past reactions. That's not so important. It changed his heart. The, the holy name of Krishna is so powerful that it transforms the heart. He doesn't want to do any more sin. So what happened is, he was given a second chance. He did not die. But he was a transformed person. He had no, I don't want to see this prostitute. I want to go to Haridwar. Like we just had a, a video. Will Smith at Haridwar. Wow. <laughs> he's doing IT. He's, he's enjoying the spiritual atmosphere. Wow. His daughter was spending, they were spending time with uh, this Jay Shetty. And she sang uh, on her Instagram. You can look, she's singing Govinda wow. on guitar. <laughs> So his heart was changed. So he went to Haridwar. He sat there, and uh, he was his his life was given extension. And he sat there in meditation. Om Namo Narayanaya, calling the Narayan. And the same Vishnu Dutas came as he matured and brought him on the swan. Airplane this spiritual. He left this body. Same Vishnu Dutas came in. So this holy name of Krishna is infinitely potent. When, when Ram was walking the planet, Lord Ramachandra, although the time period was Treta Yuga, it was like it was Satya Yuga. So Treta Yuga is obviously way better than Kali Yuga right now. But Treta Yuga, there's still been some faults. Because when Ram was on the planet, never was a child, did a child die before the parent. Which, which did happen in regular Treti. The, the rains would come out just perfectly, the right time, mostly at night. Weather was perfect, everything was perfect. So Prabhupada writes, if the holy name of the Lord becomes prominent in the world, actually the situation that the, the world can become more pleasant to stay in. <laughs> they, um, like we say, okay, maybe there's global warming, there's different, but there's the indirect cause, or there's a direct cause, people are just throwing garbage in the rivers and just mistreating Mother Earth. But the indirect is as long as people are very sinful and Mother Nature does not make things in a very nice way. In Satya Yuga, there's much more powerful herbs that come out of the earth, like during, uh, during Ram's pastime. They had this uh, herb that as long as the person's body parts are attached, they can bring them back to life. You know, the Hanuman Bratha mountain, Ashwagandha, I think it was Ashwagandha. Um, is the name of the herb? No, that's not ashwagandha. Is a regular one. Yeah, that's a red. That's on that. It's something else. That's the regular one you can buy at the store. Right. <laughs> that was something else. Um, so yeah, it, it was so potent. Now you have something not so potent anymore. Uh, even even Ra, uh, Ravana, he was pierced by an elephant. Kali Yuga, our body, you get a pinprick, you may end up in the hospital. A little problem. 
the Andrew's tusk went through the body of uh, Ravana. And so he just took some jewels and the bodies were so much more potent and powerful. So Prabhupada said, similarly, the, the situation can become very, uh, like if you go to, like you go to Hawaii, everything is, the environment is quite nice, because it has, it has some good karma from previous time. So it doesn't, it doesn't feel like anywhere, you know, you go there, there's hardly any poisonous insects or something, it's a different atmosphere. But that kind of atmosphere can spread. You can't force that to happen. It has to happen by the Lord's arrangement, by Mother Nature's arrangement. Thanks. Do you have any uh, reflections? I I remember the story of the child. um, The one of the priest? Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. The one with... uh, uh, so I think Hare Krishna had videos on VHS that we used to watch with puppets. Oh, and yes, so yes, yeah, that, 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 yeah, that one is there, it's famous one, yeah. That's, yeah, the kids love that one. Yeah, and then the crocodile, and Krishna comes and saves, so I remember the story when you started telling me, I said, yeah, this is all I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so then, you know, I think about those things, we think about how karma, you know, comes into play, because... To me, it, it just, I never understood that story of a man can do so much wrong throughout his life and just by the Lord's name at the very end, he was able to, you know, completely redeem all the false things that he did. Now, of course, he elaborated a little more and said that, well, no, it was because of how passed when I was calling for love his son, and he said that. And they said that, uh, he was calling for Narayana, his son, not for Narayana, the Lord. Yeah. He said it doesn't matter because he said the words Narayana then he was able to be saved from these sins and crimes that he had committed. But when, also when he said it, it actually brought about the real chanting. Mm-hmm. The real, and, and he didn't immediately become perfect. He, you know. And also the, you know, the, the books will give an exceptional story just so we can understand. Right. Like we can't say, well, that's what I'm going to do now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how much time? Actually, Krishna, like sometimes somebody will worry about a devotee who lived his whole life spiritual life, and then he dies in a car accident with the woke. What if he didn't say? What if he, yeah, what if he was thinking like, oh, what if a swear word came out or something? And Krishna says, in, um, so Prabhupada talks about this, and also Ramanujacharya talks about this. And Krishna says, uh, he reveals to Ramanujachari, he says, if my devotee, he says, at the time of death, it's, it's not like a, the one's mental strength. Uh, I, I'm just going to capture it in my mind. I have good memory. So I, you know, I can remember shlokas. Oh, I can remember how many, you know, I can, you know. If, he says, if my devotee can't remember me at the time of death, I'll remember him. So he, he, he is the one who will um, help that person remember him. Not, not that it's like, a, it's like a mechanical, you do this, you get that, you know, like a, a kind of just arbitrary. Yeah, credit balance. Yeah. Right. He, he, to me, when I, when I hear that story, you never know if there's a karmic balancing system 
Is the act that he's doing creating karma or balancing karma? Well, the, the chanting? No, like, so he was a brahmacharya, then he got married, then he did all these sins. But where I always wonder, I had this talk with my dad this morning, is, is that we don't know if it's creating karma or karmic balancing. So to me, if he has Bhagavan at his deepest core, he has the beginning, but he had to come in and balance this karma with whoever it was, his soul had to do it at that level at the end of his life. He did have that yeah, calling to his son, but that true truth was within himself. That's what came out at that time, and he did his job. Like I always wonder about the Hitler scenario, you know? And I've read many books on, well, you don't look at what was done, looked at, hey, what was he, superiority, there was prejudice. So you look at that event, and that event was brought into this life, essentially, so you reflect on yourself. Where do you feel superior? Where do you feel prejudiced? Where do you feel these things? I go back and forth as Hitler in hell, you know? Could he have been an enlightened soul that had to come in and do these things to make a shift in the world and then go back out of hell, you know? Mm. So karma is like a... There's a kuta, aparabda, parabda. There's a whole... Um, four different stages. Uh, one of them is just like a... So you say there's... And then there's avidya, ignorance. So you, there's a desire. I have to go check my notes because there's a lot to it. But there's... there's you have like a initial desire, then the, the bija, that's like a seed. And then that becomes cultivated over time and then also all the other influences that come in then you act upon it and then that produces it produces a reaction but it also produces a tendency so if you steal the react you get a reaction from it but also the tendency to be continuing thievery like it, it kind of pulls you in a certain direction um, in human life it's not that the good balances the bad. You're just, you're adding balance to both sides. You're not adding, you're adding stock to both sides. Mm -hmm. You're negative and you're, or you're, you're punitive and you're pious. Mm -hmm. um, therefore, in spiritual life, we don't want good karma, we want a karma. Mm -hmm. Good karma means we are, you are in the second class prison cell, and now due to your deeds, we're going to force you to take, stay in the first class prison cell. A karma means when the living entity is not acting on a, in, in a criminal fashion, he's not acting, uh, he's acting on a spiritual level, those actions don't bind him to a future situation in this world. In the eighth chapter of Gita, Arjuna asks, what does this word karma mean? And Krishna says, an action that binds you to a future material situation. So for example, say if I do something good, but it is disconnected from God, it's not, it's just something materially good, then I am 
shackled to receive the result of it. I have to take birth and live in a, in a uh, nice family, you know, be born in a nice family, beautiful body, talent, janma, aishwarya, shruta, good education, uh, beauty, talent. I, I'm shackled to be born in that situation, but all situations materially are, have, they, they suffer from death, disease, old age, and birth. They suffer from those four things. And the soul that suffers because it's not, it's not it, the material situations don't satisfy him. So to be born in a better karmic situation, even it's described that if someone practices spiritual life but doesn't really mature, they may be born in the heavenly planets. And for those who are in ISKCON, you know, Hare Krishna tradition, are like, no, we don't want that because that's a great distraction. Maybe I go there and I just become so attached to enjoying. I come back to earth and I kind of don't. Like who knows how, how much spiritual progress I've made in my past life. What if I get to the point where I've made the same, I, get, I leave where I left off, but I don't go any further. Because you don't lose that. You don't lose your spiritual progress. But what if I don't go any further? So it's described that the heavenly planets, the higher planets in our universe, are very difficult to make spiritual progress. Because there's so much enjoyment. There's so much... Uh, the bodily pleasure, the mental, sensual pleasures are thousands times greater than earth. And so you're reaping the karmic reactions like little gold handcuffs. So here you go. Because you, you didn't really desire me purely. You desired a lot of the things of this world. So I give it to you. And so you go to heavenly planets. But then you really miss the real valuable gem of life is that connection to Krishna. You, miss, you missed it. Um, so karma, mother nature may kind of keep us in a certain in certain parameters like you may have some bad reaction that makes you then behave better for example uh, say somebody who is extremely miserly their bad reaction in their next life is they could be extremely destitute but that situation makes them very empathetic towards others you, you, you've seen social experiment videos probably of somebody in a suffering condition and the first person to come and help him is a homeless person or you know so the that situation in a sense was not just punitive but to help transform them but it doesn't it only kind of keeps you in a certain you know in the lane a little bit but it doesn't really force you to progress towards spiritual life the living entity has freedom to just ignore god as much as he wants but he gets a little far this way, then he gets, you know, he gets burned a little bit that way. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, not completely. So it he's not, not his completely. karma is not going to push him to push us towards enlightenment. It's going to just uh, kind of keep us, try to keep us behaving according to what's, what's, what humans are supposed to be able to do. If we go a little too far this way, then we get, get burnt in a certain way. But... It, give, it just gives us, we have complete f freedom. We suffer the reactions, but we have freedom. Right. So, 
No, that makes sense. That's a good way to put it and to see because, of course, at the end of the day, you don't want to continue to go through the cycle of life and death and birth, and you want to ultimately get to Godhead and be one with. The personalities like Hitler definitely, like, they had some karma to be able to able to do those things, you know? Right. Like, whether even, like, the, there's so many bad characters in the Vedas, they somehow had the power, the credit to, like, you know, somebody might want to do something bad, but they don't, they're just not given the facility. Right. You know? Yeah. Just like some, how many people want to be Bill Gates? Yeah. <laughs> so many people are just as intelligent as him, but they don't get the check that he does. Right. Because they don't have the karma. That's why people in, in India, they're, the, the, you know, the, they're wise, they understand Okay, if I want to, I want good things to come. I also have to pay it forward. I have to like, I have to do, I have to do charity. I have to do things that, because it, 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 it's a, uh, you know, then I get the benefit. Right. <laughs> like you find a lot of the, uh, at least the old. Not, I don't know nowadays. I haven't spent enough time there, but Prabhupada was saying that the aristocratic families, so many of them, they have like, they they take care of temples and stuff. Because they have the understanding that, you know, this is... The more you give, the more you get. Mm. So they have this kind of, like, I have to help others. And then, and then I get also. <laughs> and, uh, the Dalai Lama, I read something, a quote this morning about that, that he once stated that it is selfish to be charitable and to give. But it's a good type of selfishness. That there's other types of selfishness, yeah. and so saying that yes, of course you enjoy. And they say that you know even medically they show that where your brain is triggered when you get a gift or you give a gift, it shows the same oh. type of reaction <laughs> yeah, and pleasure. Yeah, yeah. So you're getting this pleasure, and it is selfish, but it's okay because there's other types of selfishness. So because I think that's something we struggle with too. Because just like what you were saying, when you know that, then. I, then I ask myself, well, should I be giving then? Because I'm doing it for myself, you know? And so it sounds Krishna like... talks about the, the three gunas. Mm -hmm. So there's tamaguna, rajaguna, and sattvaguna. So he says, like, a, a, your home is like a, a brothel. That's like a tamaguna home. Your home is uh, in the business. It's like a rajaguna. You know, build my empire. Your home is like, got a country, it has a window view to a lake, sattvaguna. And then there's, a, there's also beyond that, your home is a temple, then it's pure, it's that could be anywhere even. So he says for charity, you, if it's given, uh, so motive passion, it's Raja Guna, the charity is given because you want your name there, you want, you want some recognition, you, it's all about your, you know, um, status. status. Then charity, sometimes some junkies asking for money. Tamaguna. And then Sattvaguna is right place, right circumstance, it's the uh, right situation. It, uh, people benefit from it. Everyone, you know, Shuddha Sattvaguna. So you just, you see, these were the three gunas, and you can see where is it at. So Rajaguna means it's always a sense of benefit. So we could try to bump it up from there. Usually we have to, like, for in Tamaguna, if something we're doing is in the category of tamaguna, then we could try to bump it up to passion and then bump it up to goodness. Um, you, pretty much most of uh, American or just modern world, 
ideology is only in Tamaguna and Sattvaguna, or Rajaguna. Nobody knows much about this last one, Sattvaguna. So that you have the people that are like lazy and like, and then there are other people like, no, no, think positive, build your, you know, get your life together, you know, you know, do good things. But it's it's not like the high level, like like be be very thoughtful and like you know, it's not it doesn't really get too much on that. You don't know that flavor of life is not really understood. Yeah, you know, not nowadays. Yeah, it's like more of a. The previous yugas was more prominent. Now it's, it's rajaguna, like being successful and productive. That's rajaguna, and tamaguna is just like I don't care. I just like let me just enjoy sleep and laziness, and like don't be that. Be rajaguna. But there's some. There's another one beyond that. Like uh, don't be attached to all the things and just be very thoughtful and and figure out what what is the ultimate purpose of life. That's more this. Satvaguna. Any more reflection? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. My take from that is that we as humans are conditioned to think that joy is bad, right? Like if you say it's a, it's a selfish thing, I think we came this birth to enjoy life. Yeah. Essentially, well, the nature of the soul is to enjoy. Yeah. That's to have joy. That we're we're just so when we so we should be intelligently selfish because when you come to the if you're intelligently selfish first you have to know what is the self because if I'm not this thing then giving pleasure to this thing doesn't satisfy me so if I'm intelligently selfish. The ultimate conclusion is that I'm connected, I'm part of the Supreme Self. And if I satisfy, if I connect to the Supreme Self, then my pleasure in serving Him doesn't come at anybody else's expense. It's like a, it, it, that, like you have a plant and the leaves need water. So I could put water in the leaves and it doesn't do it. I could put it on the waters on the branches. But as soon as I get water on the root, then the whole thing works nicely. Then that, that or so as soon as I'm, I selfishly consider, I, I need to be happy, so I need to please the supreme person. Then that course of action doesn't have any victims. Whereas every other, it's like, okay, my family, and then forget everyone outside of it, or my race, forget everybody outside of the ra that race, or humans, but who cares about the animals, or there's always some other group. But as soon as it's Krishna, then there's no victim, because everybody's connected to Krishna. So there's no outside group that, that and my pleasure doesn't, like for me to somehow gain a profit, somebody has to get a loss. So there's always some victim on the other side. So, um, the intelligently selfish, by the process of spiritual life, when they get, when they get, they start spiritual life with self, some selfish concern. I want to be happy. But the maturity of, of the path of bhakti is that they don't, they lose that desire. Just like a mother, her mood 
is that she wants her baby happy and fed even if it causes some inconvenience to her. It's like, it's not like, oh, I don't, it's not my, I'm like the baby is at midnight crying. This is, well, this doesn't bring me any pleasure, so forget it. it so that, the, the, mood, the, the mood that comes from bhakti in maturity, not in the beginning, but in the end is that the person's like, if there's some inconvenience, but it's for Krishna's pleasure, I'm happy. And they don't feel, they don't see it as an inconvenience. So it starts off with the selfish, but becomes purified to become selfless. But it's intelligently selfish. Like you can be selfish, but you're actually not doing anything good for yourself. You're not bringing any real joy to yourself. So not that joy is bad or enjoyment is bad, but we're just taking the wrong route to try to find it. And Krishna wanted to show that even with like, he wanted Yudhishthir to, to perform the Rajasuya Yagya to show the world that uh, even, because sometimes you have the devotees who are quite, they've got nothing there, just simple like Sudama or the, uh, the he, had, he had barely a little hut. And then Yudhishthir, he's the king of the world. He said, no, no, devotee, he's not lacking. Oftentimes they, they avoid the things. They say, no, no, they're not lacking. The Lord has everything. He's... Saying that both were equal? Or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sudama, at first, was, you know, Sudama, he, he had an aversion to wealth. Right. He had an aversion to it. But then his wife was like, like we don't have anything like we can you ask your friend Krishna for like, you know the story where he yeah, goes, he said, can you, can you like, because uh, like, she barely had clothes. Like they couldn't even like go outside because she didn't, barely had even clothing. And you know, she said, yeah, I know your friends with Krishna. I know you guys went to school together. Can you? And Sudama, was, uh, he went to the neighbor's house and begged some little chip rice. And he went to see Krishna and he never asked for anything. He felt embarrassed. And then Krishna, he wanted, he was so like interested in that chip rice because it was, it was brought with such devotion. Like he, actually Krishna felt embarrassed. He said, Sudama gave me things that he didn't have so I should give him more than I have. But how can I do that? <laughs> and so he gave him like one, he grabbed that bag of rice and he started eating it and then the queens of Dwarka stopped Krishna. He's like, how will you, how will you even re- be able to repay? Uh, like he's, Krishna says to the gopis, I can't even repay the love that you offered me. So he said with one bite, he gave him more opulence than Lord Brahma and Indra. He said, if he takes another bite, what will you do? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Sudama, he, uh, so Krishna, he, he was averse, so he's like, Krishna's like, okay, he can be averse, you know, no problem. But he's, he, basically in all the stories, he's showing that whatever, whatever my devotees need, aninyas chintayatam, I care, I'm their caretaker. They're under my care. So they're, they're, they're always protected, whether they're 
uh, poverty-stricken, or they're uh, king of the world, they're under my protection. Like the Pandavas were constantly under his protection. Right. It's not that they weren't free from troubles, but when the troubles came, it, things would be resolved. And Pandavas constantly going through troubles. Right. You know? But it's not like the life was only comfortable. But the, every, every time there was some protection. And because of that drama, then they feel like, wow, I'm protected. Like, actually, Kunti, in the beginning of this book, she said a prayer that we wouldn't advise other people to say this prayer because it's, we're not at that level. She says, bring the troubles on because that way I remember you. So let it come. Mm-hmm. Bring all, somebody try to, you know, imagine this house building is made out of flammable materials. Like, <laughs> like he said, the Jirash made that palace for the Pandavas, but he made it out of you know, lack. They live, they live there for a year knowing that it, that they could that it could be on fire in one just because they didn't want to let them get to Russia and know that they were aware of this plan. But yeah, Hitler, he had so much, but all of his hopes, all of his desires, all destroyed. Mogasha, Mogaparma, no? Mogadhyana, he chased the son of Krishna, says in chapter 9. That without that connection to Krishna, all our hopes, all our actions, Mogasha, Mogakarma, Mogadhyana, all our spiritual wisdom, all our knowledge or wisdom, they're, they're all destined to fail without the connection to God. It doesn't, doesn't last. Mm-hmm. He gave, uh, like for example, uh, Gandhi. Gandhi in the, in the world, in the West, he's re- celebrated as like a spiritual personality. In, the, in India, he's like, they're saying that amongst sadhus, Gandhi is a politician. <laughs> and amongst politicians, Gandhi is a sadhu. Like, like, if you compare it to other politicians, like, yeah, he's definitely, like, on a... <laughs> but if you compare him to the saints, he's, no, he's, he's, he's all about, like, India and the people. It wasn't, like, it wasn't, like, a broad vision. It was yeah. just, like, India, government, and, like, the saintly person, like, yeah, that's not going to solve all the problems, and, you know, people are still going to be suffering if India becomes independent. It, it has to come on a higher level than that. It can't just be me and my people. Uh, and he said, look, what happened is that he, the, he worked so hard and then Indian assassinated him. Mm-hmm. So all your, your work, it, 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 anything on just on the material level, it doesn't last. But look at like a person like Jesus Christ. He was a servant of God. 2,000 years later, people still know his name and know a bit about his story. You know, some of it maybe changed over time. Practically anybody else, we don't know anybody 500 years ago, 1,000 years, without some type of spiritual uh, connection. They, they, they're, 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 um, celebration doesn't continue much. They're not 
recognized in the world. So for you, whenever you think about your life and living your life and how you want to live it for enlightenment or for peace or for happiness, um, do you see it as you're attaining that through service of, of the Lord and is that where you're getting it from? Or There's always so many ways to live Nirvana life, right? There can only be so many yoga teachers and saints and gurus and not everyone's made for that. But for you, what path do you see and where do you feel like you're at on your spiritual path and journey? In, in contrast to... Uh, no, 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 no. Just, just, just currently how your current life is, your path, your... What, what, what you do, how you attain happiness, and how you are reaching towards enlightenment. Where do you see where you're kind of at and how you're getting towards that, further along in that path? Say it one more, in a different way, just, say, just so I make sure I understand sure, yeah, the question. Sure, I guess, I'll, um, do you kind of see what I'm saying on that? Basically, how do you see your path to enlightenment? You know, like how, you know, everyone looks at theirs as a different way, right? Yeah. And when you come to your day to day, how you see life and how you see your path towards enlightenment, and how you maybe like to a, what's like personally for myself, what are some of the things that that really nourish me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. and how you kind of see your path unfolding essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, studying the sastra, I like you know, I like doing that. Uh, sharing it with others, that's. Always a, a great joy in the Bhagavatam, tenth canto, one of the acharyas, five hundred years back. He said, "The person who makes the most benefit out of the, the the speaker, the person who's inquiring, and then maybe there's just somebody just passively listening. The speaker makes the most benefit." And some of the reasons you could say is that you become more absorbed in the subject. So they, uh, if you have to teach something, you have to, you know, become more absorbed than the student in the class. Um, I have great food, great friends, great music. You know, all got great things. You know, and it's very quite easy to do. It's not like I, the. Like in the Gita talks about different paths. One of them is the Ashtanga Yoga. You leave everything. You're not supposed to have friends and family and all that stuff. The Bhakti, you just, you just add Krishna to whatever you're doing. It's not a, not never really a balance, but a, a mesh. Like just bring it into everything. You know, your food is offered to Krishna. You know, your intelligence is offered to Krishna. Um, where do I see it going? I hope I can, for my kids, be, see that they have, in their adult life, strong faith and conviction, and they have to apply it in a good way in their life, and be able to continue to share it with others. Do you see that, you think that after this lifetime, You'll take birth again, or do you think that you'll have this maybe? Um, I, I, right now, I, I think I definitely need a lot more maturity. So, uh, if I make some good advancement in my old age, then maybe, hopefully not, <laughs> to take birth again. Otherwise, I think, yeah, hopefully, I, I don't want to take birth again. But, but Krishna's also very kind, but I, I don't think I would, if, I don't think, 
I would, I would think I probably have to take birth again right now. So maybe like, hopefully I make some good maturity, uh, maturity as I get older. So there's described as a, um, nine stages in bhakti. So the first one is shraddha. That you just have some faith, but that means like this initial faith, like you, your willingness to check it out. Uh, then comes uh, shraddha, then comes sadhu sangha. Then you spend time with people who practice spiritual life. Then comes uh, bhajana kriya. Then you start acting on it. You start applying you know, the practices. Then the next stage is the long stage. Anartha nivritti. Eradicating the unwanted qualities within the heart. So I definitely know I have tons of unwanted qualities. So that's the maturity. That Then comes after... Uh, so these are more like desires and things like that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, like, like uh, getting annoyed, mm. you know, uh, anger, envy, all those things in the heart. Like, all, all those things that you're like, oh man, I wish I didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, all those things. When we're not being like psh, psh, pulled by those things, like maybe it's kind of like in the way in the background, but it's not really pushing the way we live, then that's like, then it comes more to nishta, firm firm faith. Then comes ruchi, means uh, attachment or taste. Then comes asakti, then comes bhava, then comes prema. Uh, but the big one is, the big hurdle is the unwanted things in the heart. Like uh, Before that, ruchi, like uh, ruchi stage, before that, before the Ruchi stage, you may do, like, you may go to the temple at 4.30 a.m. on Galarti uh, because you know it is good for you. It will help you for the, you know, you'll have a much better day spiritually and you'll just be able to respond. But, but a Ruchi stage is like, you, you, you have such, it's like you're addicted to it, not like in a sense of like man, manic, but you just get so much happiness from it that you, you do all the things not because they're good for you, but you just, like, you just chant because you can't stop. You just feel so much joy doing it. Like, it, it's, it's not like a medicine. Or, you know, it's a natural. Natural, yeah. It's not a medicine. It's not like a, you know, you, do, you get up for it. Like, somebody might exercise more. You get a little pleasure from it, but it's like they have to push themselves a little bit because they do it because it's more of like the...
the maturity means those things should reduce, 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 reduce to the point where they're not don't have it full on you. And how do you practice self-love at times like that when you're beating yourself up and saying, man, I shouldn't have been so angry or I shouldn't have done these things or I shouldn't have wanted to do that? So yeah, it, it, you, you don't want to, so what's the person humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. And I mean, it's not all about you and it's not beating yourself up and meditating on yourself. There's a, in the Bhagavad Gita, I think it is, there's a purport where Prabhupada says he's not, he understands his situation and he's, you know, but he, he doesn't meditate on that and he kind of, he, and he has faith that, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm in the shower, so there's no reason to lament. However much dirt is crusted on me, I'm in the shower, so and I, I made a mistake there or something like that, but let me just keep on you know, scrubbing away. Stand in the shower and scrub till all the dirt's off. <laughs>